evening, ladies and gentlemen. Good evening. Welcome to tonight's podcast. Thank <laughs> 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 oh God. What does that say on your shirt, Sasha? Peru. A What the fuck is a Peru? It's a brand. Got a pair of nuts. <laughs> You're not going to have a pair of nuts in a minute <laughs> if you give my clothes shit. There's nothing wrong with them. It's a brand. I don't yeah, know what it means. Is, it's an Instagram ad. It took me. Well, Shut there up. is something wrong with both of your fucking apparel. Yeah, we're never wearing the team. Fight. Actually, no, I wore it last time. I've been wearing it a lot on you days that we haven't been podcasting. Absolutely ridiculous. It's like my go-to comfy T-shirt. <laughs> I just, yeah, it's always in the wash. We should advertise these shirts better. I feel we should. Yeah. They're yeah. very cool shirts. You can be our model. Me? All yeah. right. Yeah. We'll get me tits out. <laughs> Well, you know, you're supposed to cover your tits with a T-shirt. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Keep your tits in and just model the fucking T-shirt. I'll I'll do an on-off photo, say. Watch out on our socials. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) Before lacking a T-shirt afterwards. How much better does it look? (laughs) Great, Mike. Now that you don't see my pasty white nipples. All right. So am I just getting into this? Yeah, go for it. So, oh, I so can't s- we talk about how Sasha was really drunk and had to sober yeah, up? I'm still kind of drunk, so let's not. <laughs> oh, my God. Basically, Cameron's mother, my her. mother-in-law, pours three-quarters gin into a gin and tonic. <laughs> it was just, and I had three of them. <laughs> my kids gave me shit for being drunk because they never seen me drunk before. Are you drunk? And now <laughs> I've had to sober up just enough to get through a podcast. Yeah, you did good. You did yeah, good. Yeah, I did. I had, well. I had coffee. I put my children to sleep all while pissed. So <laughs> give me a break. <laughs> You've done very well. Sasha. I have. And it's now. the stage that you are. Yeah. And now you'll probably fall yeah. asleep after. Yeah. So we definitely no. should just get straight into it. I'll, I'll interrupt a little bit less tonight, okay? How's and that? if my just interruptions <laughs> make less sense than usual, you know why. Yeah. <laughs> I want to start tonight's episode off with a disclaimer that this episode discusses crimes against underage children. Oh, and by children, I mean teenagers. And issues that could be sensitive to the LBG, LBG. LBGTQI plus communities. Did you guys know that homosexuality was a crime in Australia? Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. pretty much a crime it's everywhere. everywhere. How did I not know that? Into like the 70s and 80s and it, shit, it was, wasn't it? So yeah. Yeah. South Australia was the first state to decriminalise male yeah, homosexuality. Yeah, used to be progressive. On the 17th of September 1975. Yeah. Well, that seems yeah. way too We were the first state to let females vote as well. Yes. We yeah. were like ahead of the times for a while well. there. I mean, we're behind with everything else. Well, we but. are now. But, but yeah. speaking of behind, Tasmania <laughs> didn't decriminalise homosexuality until the 13th of May 1997. That's all right that's to fuck your sister, what? but don't fuck a bloke. Yeah. Jesus. That's what? only 23 years I ago. Oh, my God. Yeah, ridiculous. Absolutely you ridiculous. I did not know that. Oh, my God. Oh, at least God. they got that shit together now. Yeah, absolutely. That's and ridiculous. The premiere at the time that our homosexuality was decriminalised, who got the ball happening on it, was Don Dunn. Donny. He used Good to rock Don. up in his pink shorts and we everything. We love Don because Don was bi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. he would have been oh, a really? big push yeah, yeah. for that. I think he lived the last – because he's not alive anymore now, as you know um, – he had a male companion for majority oh. of his life. Do you know what would be a good? Sorry, that just reminded me of something. A good histories episode would be on Harold Holt. Yes, I've never heard fuck of. all about that. Yeah, our prime minister that just went for a yeah, swim yeah, and yeah. Never, never came back. back. Yeah, that's basically the story. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> we had a prime minister. <laughs> no one knows what the fuck <laughs> happened to him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> never came back, and he didn't come back. But Don was brilliant for our state. He did lots. He was very big with Aboriginal rights. Yeah. Um, lowered the voting age. He, yeah. He, he was, he was good a good old lefty. lefty. Great, good yeah. old lefty. Great premier he yeah. was. In case you didn't realise we're all lefties. Yeah. <laughs> we are. To the left, to so, the left. <laughs> Go on, keep going. Right. On <laughs> a little bit of a backstory slash intro. I still have no story. idea what your no, no, story is. No, I haven't told actually. either of you what I'm doing. No. On the 10th of May 1972, at approximately 11pm, Professor George Duncan was walking along the River Torrens with his friend Roger James. Pretty sure Port had a Roger James. Wait, wait, wait. So this is Adelaide? Yeah. This is Adelaide. Yep. Okay. I don't know this. I don't know. I still don't know. And a third unidentified man when they were set upon by a group of men and each individually thrown into the river. 
Unable to swim and only having one lung, Professor George Duncan drowned. His friend Roger James broke his ankle during the incident but managed to make it back to the banks to try and get help. Scared that the group of men who just attacked them would return to harm him, he managed to stop a passing motorist who took him to the Royal Adelaide Hospital. What a champ. Oh, when was this? Was this 74? 72. 72. Right, right. So I'm taking out that this is like a hate crime against... Gay people. people. Is this what led to it? Oh. (laughs) Professor Duncan was married. However, the area that he was walking with his friends was a well-known beat for gay and bisexual men. So it's probably pretty safe to say that these two men may have had other encounters encounters together. Ah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yep. Within days of the murder, it was suspected that the group of men who attacked the gentlemen were three senior police officers <gasps> and that they were accompanied by a tall civilian who to this day still has not been identified. Judgy bastards. Public Bloody were going crazy about this, obviously. You know, like, how, like, is this true? Did three men, these guys are supposed yeah. to protect and serve our community. Surely they didn't do something so, like uh, this. I'm sorry if you're going to get to it or whatever, but... <laughs> So don't ask me. Yeah, but every time you say that, it's like, <laughs> no, yeah, it's no, that's the crunch like, of the story. If they don't know who did it, but they assume, they're assuming for whatever reason that they're police. Whoa, whoa. Oh, no. That's then right. they must know so. something. I thought I had a spider on me, but no. Yeah. <laughs> that's just a scary looking yeah. prickle. Premier, good old, our Premier, good old Donnie. He gave the police commissioner at the time permission to call in detectives from New Scotland Yard, London, to investigate this murder because there had been rumours that it was police who did this. Um, So they come in, did their investigation. Their report indicated that Vice Squad officers Francis John Cowley, Michael Kenneth Clayton and Brian Edwin Hudson had taken part in the assault. Bloody hell. Oh, shit. However, there was not sufficient evidence to prosecute any of the officers due to lack of witness testimony. The detectives were called upon to give evidence at the the coronial... <laughs> Sounded like a correct <laughs> word. Isn't it? I don't know. <laughs> coronial? Yeah, the, you know when someone dies. Yeah, I know and the thing you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. It just Sounds didn't feel right. right. Well, it's the coroners, the coronal, isn't it? So the coronial. coronial. I reckon that's coronal. right. The coronal. It's the coronal, coronal virus. The coronal. Anyway, at the dead person's inquiry, but they refused to answer any of the questions put to them and were subsequently suspended from duty and eventually resigned. Right. So the good Samaritan who took good old Roger James to the hospital, I know what his name is. Roger? No. Do you want to know what his (laughs) name was of this good Samaritan? What? Bevan Spencer Von Einem. Ooh. Von Von Oh, that's not ringing bells for any of you. That was my big dramatic entrance. Nah, you failed. Oh, that's really I'm really bad with names, sorry. Wow. Oh. <laughs> there it is. Oh, there it is. Oh, that was my... B- I thought for sure that would have rung bells. It's always Anyway, this button. is just going to make this a whole lot more interesting then. Bev. No, why? why what? All right. So most people in Australia know these crimes. Well, fuck especially me. Especially those who live in South Australia. I'm pretty disappointed in you, especially, you Sasha. I'm drunk. I have an excuse. You don't. Surely <laughs> you know it when I get into it. This is one of the most, if not the, most horrific unsolved crime in the state's history. These crimes ran from 1979, just a year after Truro murders, and finished in 1983. Yeah, right. It is the abduction, torture and murder of five young men... Alan Barnes, who was 16, Neil Muir, who was 25, Peter Stogneff, who was 14, Mark Langley, who was 18, surely this name's going to ring a bell, and Richard Kelvin, who was 15. Oh, yeah, that's the Rob Kelvin, that's the news reporter's kid. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Am I too young for this? Yeah, I just remember that. Yeah, I just remember that. Surely not. Yeah. So Richard Kelvin was the son of a high-profile radio and television personality here in Adelaide, Rob Kelvin. Channel 9. Channel yeah, 9. Yeah, I know yeah. who that is. Was delivered our 6pm Kelvin news. and Kevin Kreese. <laughs> 6pm news into our laundry. 50 years Channel these dudes oh, did it, eh? Hey, yeah. I love those guys. Four out of these five murders are still unsolved and the case is known as the family murders. <gasps> I know this. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah, see, the <laughs> family is more spread to... I, I am sure Don Dunstan was even linked to the family. Oh, I hey. think there's so many high-profile people. The in. Beaumont murders. Oh, my God. 
actually, sorry for interrupting no, that's right. you. I, I, I'll put it on our thing because a guy, I think he released it, like it actually was in court a couple of years ago, but only, I only just saw it on video the other day. He was the son of an officer that was involved in the Beaumont children <coughs> murders. And he was saying it's a fucking complete cover up and that like it was all to do with like child um, kidnapping and child rape. And there was um, the Goodwood um, foster centre adoption, whatever the fuck it was back then. It wasn't a foster or adoption. It was a fucking, what are they called? Orphanage. 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 Yeah. Yeah, there was like 800 kids there and 600 of them were getting raped. And oh, that's horrific. Like these yes. cops were just coming up there and bloody. Yeah, so anyone that really was in power shit. basically but just. Yeah, all linked to the family knew. stuff as well. If you yeah. wanted to do There's some shit and get away with it, there was there this group be so of vulnerable many children. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. Just would be yeah, well, this not dude's known. testimony goes for like an hour and it's fucked up, eh? It's oh, not, wow. Yeah. I might have to look at that. Yeah. Yeah, I'll put it up. So on the 16th of June 1979, Alan Barnes spent the night at a friend's house in Cheltenham. The next day they woke up around midday and headed to Grand Junction Road. They were attempting to hitchhike back to Alan's home in Salisbury. When they had no luck, Alan's friend headed back home thinking it would probably be easier for Alan to get a lift back to Salisbury if he was on his own. Two people might seem bit of yeah. a risk to pick up or whatever. Alan was a good-looking teenager, he used recreational drugs, typical teenage Did experiences. Shape, yeah. But apparently he had a bit of a bright future, so not a total drop kick. Not a drop out? No. Just doing what teenagers do. Doing what teenagers do. The next day Alan's mum Judy reported him missing when he still hadn't returned home. Police made appeals to the public but didn't really get any leads apart from one caller who said they'd seen Alan on Grand Junction Road getting into a white Holden with three or four other people in it. Mm. Quite possible if he's hitchhiking, probably going to happen. A week later on the 24th of June, a couple who were walking along the South Para Reservoir came across a dead body. So South Para Reservoir is located between, sort of between Kersbrook and Williamstown. Yep. Okay, yeah. Up in the hills a little bit. Um, Police put out a statement saying that the body of a man in his 20s had been found. However, Alan's mum, Judy, just knew... It was her son. Fuck that. So she called the police saying, I quote, that is not a man in his 20s, he's 16 years old and he's my son. And if you look on the back of his watch, there will be an engraving in it. It was his Christmas present. Yuck. That's horrible. Horrible. Not long after the police knocked on Judy's door, her husband and their doctor went and identified Alan's body. Alan, it's fucked that they have to. People have to I do that. Eh? Could you? Oh, no, I couldn't don't imagine. Even it. I just yeah. Let's skip that thought. Ugh. Yeah, no, not something you ever want to have to do no. for anybody, and especially not in this under any circumstances. But your child like is this. that's yeah, murder victim. Alan Ugh. had been brutally assaulted and tortured and suffered horrific anal injuries, mm. likely caused by a large blunt object. He had died from massive blood loss. It is believed that he died within approximately 30 minutes of sustaining these horrific injuries and that he'd been dead for about three days before his body had been dumped into the reservoir. So that's like internal bleeding from the... Just from yeah. being... Horrible. Yeah, yeah. Horrible. yeah, that's disgusting. No, that's horrible. And it must have been pretty full on to bleed out in 30 minutes. Absolutely. Despite the extreme blood loss Alan had suffered, there was not any trace of blood on him. He had been washed and redressed in clothes that police determined didn't even belong to him. Oh, wow. Okay. So that makes it a bit more sinister because that it's seems very, um, very organised plan. It's Maybe almost you've like done a very that before. personal too. Like yeah. you do that stuff to that, someone yeah. you know. No, that seems like it's not just like an angry mob pip- picking up someone they think no. is. Well, if it's linked to the family, it certainly yeah. isn't. No, that right. seems like very... Um, yeah. I don't know, is it premeditated? It just seems, yeah, well, like all, if you're going to wash someone and dress them in someone else's clothes and sort of pre- all these look after are their body that, that, afterwards. That was seriously yeah. high up weird motherfuckers yeah. in That's the family. Terrifying. They would do shit for Judges, all sorts doctors, of reasons. Yeah, like, cops and lots, everyone. That's scary. Um, toxicology report would show that Alan had traces of Notec, Noctec in his system, which is a sedative and often used for people who have problems sleeping. So this shows obviously that he was drugged and yep. hopefully unconscious oh, yeah, hopefully throughout the yeah. whole ordeal. Oh, my God. 
On August 28th, 1979, so this is during July, two months later, a worker noticed a black rubbish bag near Mutton Cove in Port Adelaide, just near the ASC shipyard for all you Radians. Upon inspecting the bag, the man then discovered the dismembered body of 25-year-old Neil Muir. Oh, shit. Neil lived alone in a unit in Adelaide that I believe was like a, a place where people of no fixed address can go. It's like, kind of like a shelter right. oh, yeah. um, thing but yep. it was his own yeah. space. Uh, he was a heroin addict and was known to engage in sex work to support his addiction. Yep. Like most people, a lot of people do. Neil, like Alan Barnes, had died from extreme blood loss. He had extensive anal injuries and had also suffered a blow to the heads. But examiners do not believe that this is what killed him. Um, they believe a glass bottle like a long neck yep. bottle um, had been inserted into Neil, which would have caused extreme pain and loss of consciousness to him. Holy shit. His body had been dismembered and his organs had been removed. His arms and legs had been shoved into his chest cavity. <gasps> his muscles had been stripped of the bones so that what? these Why? limbs could fit into his chest cavity. What the his fuck? His genitals had been mutilated and one testicle was missing. What the fuck? In an attempt to hide his identity, his tattoos had been stripped and his thumbs and fingers removed. Have you had a dental records, motherfuckers? Yeah. Neil had... Neil's head had also been decapitated and then his head was tied back onto his torso. What, what they the used, fuck? The rope they used to tie his head back on with went through his mouth and came out of his neck. See, it's shit like this oh in Snowtown, that's why Adelaide got that real the bad name. fucking reputation. Yeah, yeah the what, capital. Because there's nothing to do in Adelaide, people just go psych. Just go fucking. Holy shit. That's full on, eh? That's, uh, no, that, that is, is horrific. You think that is my horrific. stuff yeah. is fucked up. That... Don't put me in a higher category. It's a great, great <laughs> sorry. topic though, Kate. That the family. Right there. Like, I don't even know if there's another podcast on. This not I don't think there was found like, one. People outside of Adelaide yeah. would know this story. I, I totally get why this would be awesome a topic. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking brutal shit, man. That is Jesus. horrific. Why horrific. would you take it's like someone's Viking stuff, isn't it? That's like the you... fucking spread eagle fucking thing. Like among the other fucked up shit, they just went, why would you take limbs off and shove them into his chest well, cavity? Because they could. Like I don't. And take Make the muscle fit in the off bag the... better. Oh, my God. So they could fit in the bag. <laughs> oh, no, uh, I don't uh, like it. was oh, also man. found in his system. So the same drug that same was found sedative. in <laughs> so This is just fucked up. Ah. Uh. 24 hours before his disappearance, uh, Neil also long hair, decent looking lad, just a bit of a junkie. But so we've got two long haired, young decent people, looking young guys. Yep. Um, Neil been ho- um, spotted at some local gay hotspots. Some of the known pubs and clubs were the Duke of York Hotel. Buckingham Arms Hotel and the Mars Bar. Have you guys been oh to any of them? I have. I've been and to the Mars Bar and the Buckingham. Places. Yeah. I don't I've been to the oh, Buckingham yeah. to each. <laughs> yeah. So Neil was a known drug addict, but for police this seemed a little bit too much just for someone who may have owed a drug debt. Like, no, this no, no. That's, this is not a drug style. debt thing. Is, there's more to like that. Like maybe if you just cut the head off or something, but not. That's yeah, not this a drug is just debt. too much. No way. And then another avenue police started looking at was perhaps there was a medical professional involved in Neil's death due to the surgical element. That's and also having the sedatives. Well, anyone can get Possibly. a sedative. Well, it depends what type of sedatives they were, really. Yeah. Noctec. I've never heard of it. Noctec over the counter, apparently. So it can't be that strong. That wasn't too bad. But that make that, me feel you better. Know, besides the fact that these two... Men have had these horrific injuries. There's also the drug, which you, you're basically immediately linking them, linking them both together. But why would you give them an over-the-counter sedative? I mean, it can't be that strong. Depends how much you give them. Well, and yeah, Knock shit's changed. They like, can't fight. Oh yeah, I guess over-the-counter medicine. Yeah. Yeah, back in the 80s. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what could you get? That was in our um, Somerton Man case. There was something... Really crazy. That yeah, you could just yeah. Get over the, a bunch of oh, the poisons like you yeah. could get. Yeah, over yeah, the yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they, they could have been, and they could have crushed up a whole fucking yeah, bottle. Yeah, because yeah. they're not going to want to fight load. back after yeah. what they're doing. So hopefully, fucking hopefully, these poor boys didn't. Yeah, feel, no, with any luck, feel that's anything. Yeah. Police would receive a number of calls from the public about Neil's murder. Two of these calls, however, gave them names of people who could be involved. These 
the people that were the callers were associates of the victims and also known drug users. So, uh, you know, yeah, you know, what do we do? Are they just here for a reward for the crime, or yeah. are they just throwing out false names to throw us off? Do they know what? What do you do with that? But the names that had been given to police were those of Dr. Leslie Milhouse oh, and Bevan Spencer Von Einem. Oh. Now, police already knew Bevan's name, obviously, as he'd come up a few years earlier, seven years earlier, as the man who'd helped Roger <gasps> James when him and Professor Duncan were attacked yeah. back in 1972. But this is... I was doing so much research trying to find out how tall... Um, Von Einem was because in witness testimony they said they think it's three police officers plus a tall civilian who had ah. never been identified and I just found it odd that Von Einem happened to be driving past yeah, yeah. and picked up Roger. I did see something that suggested he was 198 centimetres, That's which is like six tall. four, That's which tall. is very tall. Yeah. But I, I, when I clicked on the link, it didn't really give me anything more. So mm. that, was That's annoying. that was annoying would, me. Cause we would fit. That, it? You know, until yeah. unknown. That is still tall. I've identified and he yeah. just happens to be driving past yeah. and then 10 years later, yeah, like, he's whoa. Doing, yeah. um, mm. So I, I reckon I'm wondering, and because as most Adelaideans know, of the high up people that are, are suggested are involved in these, in yeah. this family link of ring, would make sense that he would then be with police officers oh, yeah. in an yeah. area such Definitely. as that because he was gay himself. One item, he was he was gay. So right, right. That's my little theory there. Mm. Anyway, I like your theory. I like my theory yeah. too. It's a good theory. His name is also, but his name had also come up as a person who may know something or be involved in the Alan Barnes case, but they obviously just ignored that call when it come through because they earlier said that there was no leads or anything like right, that. But now right. they might be thinking, well, hang on, well, yeah, someone's thrown his name out here, but we know him as a good person, so probably scratch that. Right. But or now, they're helping him out. But now, all fucking corrupt cops. Well, too. That's the thing yeah. when you got cops investigating yeah. cops. You don't know. You never yeah. know. But now it's like, well, hang on, his name's been thrown out for this second person. That's a bit maybe, too maybe we coincidence. should maybe convenient. we should look at this. So police decided to carry out a routine inquiry at the home of one item. Von Einem was a 37-year-old accountant who still lived at home with his mother. <laughs> Fuck, man. You're an accountant, bro. You, you're making a decent amount of money. I don't know about other countries, yeah, but, but accountants he's gay make and this a decent... is the late 70s. So... And it's easier living with mummy. Yeah. Um, and they're all nuts, And by we all way. know that Jeez. serial killers still live with their mum. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, they li- and they lived in paradise. Sorry to anyone so... that lives with their mum. <laughs> 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 so while they were having a little conversation with the Von Einem, like, hey, how's it going? You know these guys? Um, well, talking about the Alan Barnes situation, sorry. Um, Von Einem suddenly mentioned something that made Detective Rod Hunter stop in his tracks for a moment and think, oh, hang on. Bevan Von Einem had started talking about the investigation of Neil Muir's murder. He randomly said that he had a brief relationship with him four years prior and that he had seen him in the days leaving, leading up to his murder. Now, the police hadn't even discussed anything about Neil there and Von Einem's just going, oh, hey, I know that dead guy. I'm going to volunteer him four years this ago. information. And I saw him a couple of days ago. <sighs> so that detective was kind of like, hmm. Need to pay attention to this. He's not very smart, then, is he? Like, why would you volunteer that information? Yeah, yeah, that's just true. A, a lot off. of them are just throw arrogant off. when they volunteer that type of shit. Police decided to follow up on Dr. Peter Milhouse, the other person of interest in this case. Upon tracking him down, police found him at a rehab centre, Osman House. He was very uncooperative and would not speak to police. Didn't give a fuck. Not interested. Dr. Milhouse was 45 years old and lived in North Adelaide. He was a gay man, drove a Holden and was known to abuse alcohol. He I feel also, like I know all these people. <laughs> he, also, he also had connections in higher places. He was related to a former South Australian eternal, attorney general, um, Robin Milhouse, who then went on to become a judge. Back oh, hell. Jesus. Detectives couldn't find any evidence 
to support that there was any relationship between Dr. Milhouse and Neil Muir. And it was also believed that Milhouse was very nervous around this time that he might have got in trouble for providing prescription drugs to people. Jesus Christ. However, on the night of Neil's disappearance, witnesses had come forward and said they spotted Milhouse and Neil having drinks together at the Hope Inn Sports and Social Club. Witnesses also saw them drinking at another location in the days before and a bouncer recalls evicting Neil out of one of the places as he was very highly intoxicated. So police couldn't find anything. Millhouse has given them nothing, but witnesses have come forward and gone, hey, saw them two together. And they stand out, yeah. pretty fucking dodgy. Millhouse had gone on a huge bender on the night of Neil's disappearance and also gone and sought counsel from a criminal lawyer named Peter Way. After speaking with Peter Way, Milhouse checked into rehab. Rumour also has it that the rope that was used to attach Neil's head to his torso was similar to that on Peter Milhouse's clothesline, which had since been replaced with some twine. Oh, interesting. Police also found traces of blood in the bathroom of Peter Milhouse's home. However, they could not get a blood grouping as it had been clean spotless. His cleaner said that she had cleaned up what appeared to be blood and a Band-Aid was also found with the remains of Neil Muir, which is said to have had fibres similar to that of Millhouse's home. Right. It's not looking good for them. It's not. Police now had enough circumstantial evidence to charge Dr Peter Millhouse with the murder of 25-year-old Neil Muir. In 1980, a jury found Millhouse not guilty of <laughs> Neil's murder. The case was weak and all evidence was circumstantial. Millhouse then left Adelaide and returned to his hometown in Mount Gambier. He died in a nursing home in New South Wales in 2015, aged 80. Well, if he hope did he have anything life, to do with huh? it, I hope he died with hemorrhoids. <laughs> with hemorrhoids. <laughs> It's uh, very common in elderly people. Yeah, yeah. Hope it was a bit and it would have hope been the prunes didn't work. Just, similar justice, <laughs> motherfucker. Twenty seventh of February, nineteen eighty two. I was only a wee little lass. I, I was, was near born. I was about three weeks old. I wasn't even thought of yet. <laughs> So, on the 27th of February 1982, 18-year-old Mark Langley was at a party in Windsor Gardens. Mark left the party with two friends, Ian and Paula. They went for a little drive and parked on Memorial Drive. So, again, for Radeladians. That's crazy. Yeah, just know, I know every, yeah. been to every place you've talked about <laughs> and yet I did not know that someone had had Including their... The rehab. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know that someone had had their limbs removed and stuffed in their torso. Ah, well, we are in Adelaide. Two men then got into a disagreement and Ian and Paula jumped in the car and drove off. They come back a short time later looking for Mark. However, they could not find him. So I think this was around 1.30, 2 o'clock in the morning. And in the early 80s, people didn't give a shit like we do now. Like if that was now, we'd be like, oh, my God, call the police (laughs) now. Like blah, blah. Mm. They would have just been like, yeah, probably hitchhiked. Whatever. The next day, Mark was reported missing by his parents as he still had not returned home. Nine days later, Mark's body was found dumped in scrub. He, his body had been washed and redressed in the clothes he was wearing the night of his disappearance. I'm pretty sure it's the same people. Mark, just like, a guess. Mark, like <laughs> the others, educated guess, had suffered severe anal injuries and had died from blood loss. His body had been mutilated. There was also a cut that had been made by a surgical instrument that went from his navel to his pubic bone. Some of his small bowel had been removed. What the fuck fuck for? The area had been shaved like you would, as if you were prepping for surgery. You reckon these cunts were cannibals? Dodgy doctor. Well, detectives believe an item may have been left inside. Right. Of him okay. and what, that, like a surgical item? Well, or something that they've or something that were trying to get out. With. Oh. So they've cut him open Why are you to get that it's out. Up. To get that out and then Damn. fixed him oh. up and because they thought it might trace back to someone yeah. specific. Yep. Wonder what that could have been. I know it'd be very interesting. Um, a toxicology report showed that the restricted drug, Mandrax, was found in Mark's system. So we've stepped up our sedative game okay, so that's a little bit. Sedative. So this is not just a general okay. So it's a dodgy fucking doctor sedative. So there'd been a two-year gap between these murders. So 1980 was Muir's, and then 
1982. So I had a two-year gap, but police weren't convinced it was a hiatus. So they go through all the missing persons report. They're just not happy that there's been a two-year break. Yeah, Surely yeah. not. In 1982, a farmer had been burning... So, oh, sorry, October 1982, a farmer had been burning scrub on his pro- property at Middle Beach. I think that's around Two Wellsy. Yeah, because I haven't that's heard okay. of that one. And way... No, me neither. That's way... Um, Shit way. <laughs> once the burning <laughs> had finished, he walked through the area just to make sure that the burn-off had been all right and came across skeletal remains. The body had been cut into three pieces in a similar style to Neil Muir's. Not much more could be determined as the father had the father the farmer had burnt through the remains. Aww. So that's a real. Damn. There wasn't any forensic evidence for I them. Can take a wild guess as to what happened. Dental records prove the remains to be that of missing fourteen-year-old schoolboy Peter Stogneff. Peter had wagged school in August of nineteen eighty-one. Not really that. Yeah, yeah no. Yep. No. And had gone home later that day, put his school bag in the garage. He was then on his way to meet a friend in Rundle Mall. However, he never made it there. Oh, that's horrible. Yeah, when you think about how much area there is in South Australia to hide a body, and if you're like a well-connected person, they wouldn't have found most of the bodies these fuckers buried. Well, I don't think they planned for them to find anyone because two of them were dumped in rivers and they probably didn't pay attention to the Port River tide and that bag got jagged on rocks. And Alan Barnes, I just don't think they threw it over the bridge yeah. enough. Um, and then they've been, put this out in the middle of nowhere and take, taken them over You know those mine shafts we do have um, the Kapunda? The no, mine shafts all around yeah. the place. But, yeah. I, I wonder what you would find if you ever went back down Jeez, those. Oh, yeah, there'd be heaps of... Because that, wasn't there an indigenous woman that was put down a mine shaft at Cooper Pedy or something? I remember being oh, really? a big case. Oh, rings a bell. I just think that well, obviously they're never going to go down there, but I just can you imagine the shit that they under would the um, find? under Paris? There's hundreds and hundreds of miles of fucking catacombs. catacombs yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. I was and people aren't allowed the down way. there, but yeah. there's little entrances all around the city, and people go down there and get lost it's and crazy. die. <sighs> and, like yeah, there's, like there's a crazy. reason you shouldn't go down mm. there. That's yeah. where you would go Stay if you're away. a murderer, man. You'd just go. Well, you want to know like, your fucking way I'm out, wouldn't you? But you would figure so it out. Fucking bad. Yeah. Yeah. That's horrible. Yeah. There's plenty of stories of people going into caves and like. Not coming out. Yeah. Yeah, that's why you don't go into fucking caves. Well, there's that man that climbs Everest and then they found him years later. With his, his feet were hanging out of somewhere or it God. was perfectly preserved because it was freezing. Yeah, I don't yeah. know what they called him. What they called him? They called him something. But he got, that's only that's only a recent case. Crazy yeah, motherfucker that went up Everest. Yeah. So I don't go into caves. I don't no. go near mines. Nope. Deep water diving. I don't scary. go near. No. Cave, cave no. diving. Nope. Cave diving. All those shit. boys got stuck and then those rescuers died. I just feel like oh, you're a different yeah, so breed of human being stories. if you're willing to not not only go underwater but to go in a fucking cave underwater. They go through tunnels where they're so narrow no, that no, they have no. to take their tanks off and push them in front no, of you them. No, you make him feel ill More just And then like, He's like going go through these unexplored oh, uh, areas. Nah. and uh, No, it's nuts, man. It's nope. Nuts. Nope. No, there's please. like all nope. these systems in there. Like there's this one favorite, uh, famous cave. I think it's in Mexico. Like you get down to the bottom bit and there's just like this little hole and, like, if you get too close to it, it can literally just fucking suck you in. And then it sucks oh. you into this massive underground ocean that just goes forever. So you're gone. They can't even retrieve your body. There are so many things wrong with that. I fucking hate water. No, I hate water. I don't like water. I don't like caves. Fuck off. <laughs> Keep us on dry land, please. <laughs> Keep my feet on the floor. Fuck aeroplanes. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck boats. I'm a wimp. Uh. I like I like my bubble. (laughs) I like my bubble. Stay away from my bubble. I'm my bubble. (laughs) So the 5th of June 1982, high-profile Adelaide radio and TV personality Rob Kelvin is kicking the footy at the park with his eldest son Richard and Richard's friend Boris. Rob leaves the park and expects Richard to return home soon for dinner. For some reason, this has always stuck out for me in this case too, but Richard was wearing the family's dog collar around his neck as a joke. Right, Now, okay. in the 80s, people did fucking weird shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure Whatever. there's a story behind that. Yeah. There'd be a reason why, but 
whatever, and Richard and Boris leave the park and head down Ward Street in Adelaide. They then run into two of their friends, Frank and Frank. The three boys get on the bus and Richard starts making the 400-metre walk to his home. So he's not that far from home. Richard doesn't get there. No. Richard's not home for dinner. Dick's gone. Due to the high profile of Richard's dad, Rob, the case is acted upon very quickly. Of course. It's determined very early on that Richard is not a runaway and that this is not a ransom situation. So police immediately treat this case case as if it's a part of the murders which could possibly have the same gruesome outcome. Oh, so they did that straight away. Straight away. Straight away they were like, right, not ransom. He hasn't run away. But he's in that age. We've got all these boys. He's in that age bracket, blonde hair, good looking lad. That's pretty good of them to to immediately associate it with a possible series of brutal murders murders when it's just a missing young person, which, you know, when a young person goes missing, they're always like, oh, well, you you know, you may think that they're not a runaway, but they're young. They They do crazy things, spare of the moment. But the fact that he's. Was a wealthy family, yep, good student, had a girlfriend. You know, yeah, they were the just, just with him. On. Was expected for dinner. They've they've probably easily been able to. So discount obviously, all Adelaide of that. had nothing else going on at the time, and they were like, "What's the dodgiest thing we can think of? Oh, yeah, my, maybe it's this." My dad telling me about how Rob Kelvin. He'd have to fucking, while they're hosting the news, he'd have to sit there and while Kevin Kreese would be reporting on his missing son. Yeah. Fuck that Riffic. shit. Eh? Yeah. Yeah. And then just carry on with the next story after that. Like. Yeah, can you imagine that? Uh, like, you, could, you, you have couldn't. to sit there while they report uh, the news and it's about your missing yeah, child. It's fucked up. And it would have been so yeah. in the media as well, being who he was, that yeah. it would have been covered more than any of the and other And you know boys. what the news is like? The no, next like, story that he would have had to report on would have been on how fucking Princess Di stepped on a fucking banana peel or some shit. And he would have had to report on that. Like leave in your well, job. Maybe he wanted to keep the working. Media, they're not <laughs> yeah, I guess. I guess anything. so. Yeah, he probably did. Probably ne- he probably needed to. He, yeah, he I'd say so. Yeah, he probably needed to keep You'd going. Go fucking insane. It's the best place to be in the news. Sorry, best no, place to be. You'd get all the updates straight away in the newsroom in the eighties. Like, yeah. I'd be like, call me. Don't. I want. I don't think I'd yeah. want to be in there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but then the police would have someone in the media before that even I gets feel like out there. Yeah, yeah. Going to the media before yeah. the family even know. That's it. Yeah, yeah. I feel it like these happens. days you wouldn't be allowed to go to work. Oh, well, that couldn't you. tell you not to. They're reporting on your missing. It's fucking brutal. Child, yeah. I don't think it, it's uh, like. I'm a, sure they would have preferred him to stay at home. Yeah, but I, I bet yeah. I bet you his yeah. buddy Cope, Kevin Creese didn't feel oh, too that fucking great about it. Jesus. Yeah, that would have been horrible. So police conduct door knocks of the area over two days and people noted that they had heard some shouting around 5.30, 6 o'clock. One person, a local security guard, recalls hearing a young voice and one and another voice, that of possibly a woman, and they were shouting. He then said a car with a loud exhaust drove off and that was that. They didn't hear anything else. Mm. Why would you not just look out your damn window? There's not much to go at all. Just look out your window. Yeah. Um, so that's probably the moment... Yeah, that Richard was taken. Was taken this is in the why car. we love nosy neighbours. Oh, that's me. I love yeah. a nosy neighbour. Oh, fucking nice. Thank you to our nosy neighbours. <laughs> nosy neighbours are amazing. Yeah. They are good. <laughs> Appeals to the public brought in a couple of tips. One that stated Richard was being held captive in a caravan in the Adelaide Hills. Police conducted a search of the area, including with a helicopter, but found nothing. One person called saying that they'd just watched a snuff film that had Richard in it. This also showed nothing. They couldn't find anything. But if it's a snuff film, the police really aren't going to find it. But this could, these could be possibilities. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. On the 24th of July, 1982, a family were collecting moss rocks at Kersbrook where they came across a body. The man immediately knew whose body it was as he recognised a Channel 9 shirt. Ah, fucking hell. What? He was wearing a Channel 9 shirt. Oh. Richard was found in the fetal position. He had been washed, redressed and was still wearing the dog collar. He had suffered horrific blood loss and angel anal injuries and a post-mortem examination would also show bruises to the back of his head and his buttocks which would give an, give examiners an insight into the horrific torture this poor young man had received. Some bruises were in healing stage, some weren't oh really yeah that seems like it was a so lot for a while seen that richard had been held captive and tortured for five weeks 
holy shit, is that a bit of an escalation then? Horrific. The other victims, which all suffered the same, were all killed very quickly. Yet, yeah, because if you've reason, got healing bruises, that means you were alive. Yeah. Did Rob Calvin do any reporting on the family prior to this? I'd be I interested in that. And I'd be interested if, if they did. actually fucking wanted to deliberately say fuck you yeah. to this man because that's that's way more intense. But than they the may others. not have even known he was his. I mean, it could have been yeah. a coincidence. Oh, or only it just have been from targeted. his home. Only just hate. Yeah. yeah, true. It could have been. been targeted. He's wearing a Channel Nine shirt. Yeah, like, yeah, I'd hope really for true. his sake that it was random and that he didn't do anything mm. that's going to make him feel like it was his, his responsibility. Yeah, that was he's someone the higher up shitty at the reporting that yeah. was going on. Yeah, you know, very treading. You never know what people are involved in. It may have nothing to do with reporting. It may just be the people that you know because you've got money What if it was a Channel 9 boss that was involved in this? It certainly could have been, yeah. It wasn't a ransom, was it? They never asked for money. No, no, no. no, They they ruled out ransom That's why they went after the... Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter if he's wealthy. He could... Toxicology reports found traces of Noctec, Valium, Mandrix and Rohypnol. So he... Well, same thing. Uh, Hopefully, they kept him horrible. fucked up the whole well, time. Yeah. Like five yeah, weeks. Yeah. Really, five weeks worth. Of, yeah, horrible. Detectives then thought they needed to change the direction as leads from the public weren't really showing up anything. So, Detectives O'Brien and Kipling thought they'd head to the State Health Commission and start sorting through, hand sorting through all the prescriptions for Mandrix. This was a very, very restricted drug and was very carefully recorded and monitored. Right. About an hour into the search, Kipling comes across a name that immediately stands out to him. Millhouse. Bevan. Oh, Bevan. 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 Fucking hell. Millhouse. Who's Millhouse? He's not the doctor. He was the doctor. He was the doctor. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. Detectives dug a little bit deeper into this and then they found similar cases where boys had been lured into a house with the promise of alcohol and drugs, sexually assaulted and then Mm. free to walk. But they found traces of Mandrax in these boys' system. To make them more compliant. So these ones were alive so obviously they'd Mm. had to go to a doctor or something because they were fucked up. Shit. And they found traces. most likely before the... The killing it could have been during. They just didn't kill these ones so, for whatever reason. Even if it is before or if it's during, like that's a lot of victims. Then they reckon there's well over 150 victims. Jesus, well over. Mm, if you add this, what this Beaumont dude was saying, it's yeah, it's well over 500. Yeah. Does anyone else get the feeling that this is like a group of sick people, fuck, sick sadistic fuck? Yeah, it like, sounds like it is. doesn't sound like a single person. Do you know how? It's not, oh, it's definitely it's not. not. It's the family. That's why it's called. But the you family. know how, like the Catholic Church seems to have this thing worldwide where they've got an yeah. issue with certain. I'm not saying they all are, but lots of priests have been rapey. <laughs> Fucking. <laughs> it seems like the one percenters of the world. world. Are doing this fucking shit too. Yeah. Like the Jeffrey Epstein shit. Like, what the fuck is going on? Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton bailed out a woman who was going to Haiti and fucking, you know how they had that massive catastrophe however many years ago? She was pretending to be a fucking foster adoption agency and fucking kidnapping like 30 kids at a time, taking them out of the fucking country and bringing them into America. And fucking she got busted on a like getting onto a plane or something with 30 kids and Hillary Clinton bailed her out. So where did those children go? Never yeah. liked Hillary and like, Clinton. Bill Clinton was on the bitch. plane with Jeffrey Epstein like 126 fucking times or something. Insane. Like this shit runs deep, man. Like Do you know what's why? going on? Because their money gives them they can get anything they fucking want. And they think they can just—they just get that's the ultimate up and and maybe people that aren't necessarily into the same fucked up shit as them are still connected to them because of money and power. Well, I think a lot of it is you're yeah. being set up. So if you fuck up, like it's a lot of it uh, CIA style shit where we've we got, got a photo of you, you doing this. Yeah. We'll take you to Party Island, right? Jeffrey yeah. Epstein's party fucking island. Come in, there's women, there's but drugs, there's everything. You. But there's yeah. fucking cameras everywhere, yeah. cunt. Yeah. And when you're yeah. done, so you're not necessarily a pedophile. Fuck no, yourself. By the sounds of it, most of those people weren't but pedophiles. Something was, on you yeah, so that you can't. But that yeah. Would, yeah. So that you have to help them when they get stuck. And if you don't help them, then your yeah. nasty little yeah. secrets but are going to come out. It's well, man. And it sounds like it's really rampant. Like I always thought child abduction and child like was rare, but but it's not. It's seeming like it's fucking not, and that's fucked, man. It's scary. Like, yeah, when you realise how many sick fucks there are yeah. in a, 
in a position of power, then you've got to wonder how many are the rest of the like the yeah. world, which is a much higher percentage of people, how many of them are fucked up mm. as well. And it's just like... Well, is it a power thing like Kate's saying? That's what it leads to. Like being a priest and being deprived of sex forever in some cases can lead to that. And having the ultimate power means you keep seeking power and the ultimate power, yeah, power is taking away... Doing the things you absolutely fucking can't do. Well, fuck you. I'm doing it anyway. I'm going to yeah. get away with it. I don't oh, know. I man. can't. I can't even because imagine. we have a normal brain. They run the world, right? Yeah. There's nothing more for them to chase. I just, yeah, I still just can't imagine <sighs> that train of thought. Like, let's let's move on to this. Yeah, yeah let's move on to the next bit of fucking. <laughs> next bit of fuck. Yeah. Just go buy yourself another jet and. Fuck they've off. got fifty of them. <laughs> so detectives O'Brien and Kipling decided it was time to have another chat with Von Einem. Yep. Mm, here's his script. Drugs are in the guys. He's very much linked. We need to sort this shit out. So when the detectives went to Von Einem's home, he just shut down straight away and said he wanted a lawyer present. Mm. So that's going to set not off an alarm. We would do that anyway. Away, isn't it? Yeah. So I mean, so would I. Yeah. Whether yeah. I've done anything or not, I'd be like, I'm not fucking. I'm, I'm not talking yeah. to you at all. Get me a lawyer. That's it. The detectives had search warrants ready to go, but they decided not to execute them there and then. They told Von Einem to get his lawyer and head back to the station. So they probably needed to calm mm. the yeah. situation. Um, let's just bring him back and have a chat. Might not seem so bad. It was if they executed something there and then, might have just lost anything. Yeah. Um, so while they're at the station, Von Einem told them that he did use Rahipnol for his sleeping but hadn't used Madrix for over 12 months. He agreed to the police searching his property and to them taking genetic samples. When police asked, you know, is this something you could do? Could you, could you have done these crimes? He replied, no, that would be unethical of me. <laughs> Fuck you, man. Uh, be unethical. Okay. We're not talking about you fucking like laundering yeah. money from your job. That's unethical. Yeah, we're not. <laughs> no. Uh. Police. He also told police that he was home with the flu on the day of Richard Kelvin's disappearance. Alone. Oh, that's just a fucking shitty alibi. Yeah, I was yeah. really in bed it? at home alone. No one knew I was there. I was just sick. <laughs> I was sick. I had the flu. I did nothing. He lets police search his home and his car but also told police that he had a different car but he had sold it to a family friend around the time of Richard Kelvin's disappearance and in preparation for selling the car he had to paint the inside of the boot. (laughs) 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 What the fuck? Uh, Yeah, I always always paint the inside of my boot. You're losing a lot of fucking money if you don't I would never buy a second-hand car unless the boot had been painted. (laughs) God, and I wouldn't uh, be concerned at all if I smelled like brand new paint either. No, that's not but weird. Who the what fuck kind of a doesn't? friend have you sold this car to, uh, Bevan? Um, police saw another car in his driveway but noted that this car did not belong to Bevan Spencer Von Item. It belonged to his friend who's actually only legally referred to as Mr. R. Right. Legally Mr. referred to? Mr. Well, that would be, like, Mr. R. Out. Is a very well-known Adelaide businessman and associate of Bevan Von Einem. Mr. R did not leave Von Einem's property until Detective O'Brien had left, which was around 1.30 in the morning. This has now made Detective O'Brien add Mr. R to the suspect list. Like yeah, this fair is enough. not right. His car's here. Why is he hanging around? Mm, this is wrong. Police also managed to track down the caller who had called through anonymously, mind you, about the Alan Barnes case. Like, So for those wow. giving out anonymous tips, <laughs> maybe not completely anonymous. Mm, that's fucking slightly <laughs> scary. But, but legally he is referred to as Mr B. Mr B. Mr B was in his early 20s, bisexual and a known associate of Von Einem. He gave police a lot of information. Mr. B told police that him and Von Einem would drive around and pick up hitchhikers. When they would get when they would get in the car, Bevan would give them a can from an esky that he always carried around in the boot of his car. The drinks in these cans were laced with drugs. Mm. Surprise, surprise. He also gave the detectives the name of a woman named Prue 
the name of a, an asso- another associate, Prue Furman, who was a transgender woman and would host Von Einem and his friends in return for drugs. So pretty much she would create a space for these people to take these hitchhikers that they've drugged oh. back to, but they had to give her drugs and shit in return. To keep her mouth people shut. People are fucked yeah. up. Um, he also he also, Mr B also describes Von Einem's driveway um, as being very obscure from the neighbours and creating an easy path for him to hide the young boys he was bringing into his home from not only the public view but also his mother's view. So he must have had a real weird driveway that if he just drove up, yeah. Yeah. he then couldn't see his car. So they kind of thought, well, hang on, he, he knows what his driveway is like. We might need to pay attention to this. He told police that he was present for two assaults on young boys but left when things started to get out of hand. So here police realise that he's probably trying not to incriminate himself. Yep. He's, you know, uh, I was, I but saw I was, this yeah. but then I left, knowing that that's probably not the case. But because he was giving so much information, police kind of didn't pursue they want the that angle because they coming. wanted the information to keep going. What, what are they going to get arresting a 20-year-old yeah. man yeah, when, it's clearly when he's linked not to the ringleader? Far- yeah, yeah like there's people. absolutely mm. zero point yeah. in getting this when we need yeah. we it's need like, this. If you're it's like taking out with a street someone, dealer when yeah. you could get fucking the get big the Yeah, thing. like why would like if he he was there when the police came, like voluntarily hanging out with this guy, after after he'd been doing dodgy things that made him want to like leave, like why would you keep hanging out with someone like that? Well, because so he so he's just told the police. So he's probably very well involved yeah, that's what I in think. the assaults yeah. with these guys. Because yeah. if you left when things got a bit too dodgy with these young men, yeah. you wouldn't keep coming back, no. would you? It's not like, that easy to escape. But wouldn't you be like, okay, I don't I'm not I'm not into what it like even though you're a piece of shit that didn't go and help these people or call yeah, the police or addicts, remember? But yeah. yeah, are you coming back for the drugs or are you coming back because you're involved? There could be a lot of shit. They're, they're probably going coming on back there. for the drugs, but yeah. that goes on when you want the drugs and they really want the fucking drugs. Yeah. So they need to so be I guess there for you that. don't really know if he was willing and no, but, happy but for it to happen. So was he did he have a special relationship with von Einem as yeah. well? Is it just you, drugs or is know. it more? You don't know. So after all of this, police decided to raid von Einem's home again. They took fiber fiber samples and found that the fibers from his bedroom and the car he owned matched the fibers that were found on Rob Kelvin's um, Rob's the dad, sorry, Richard Kelvin's <laughs> oh, yeah, no. body. Jeez. Uh, von Einem then told police that he'd picked up Kel- Rob, fuck's sake, Richard, <laughs> <laughs> that he'd picked up Richard and he willingly come home with him. He said they sat there and played harp in his bedroom <laughs> and Richard oh told him of the troubles he was having at school and he just sat there and listened as a friend. Before You're torturing a fucking liar, anally, anally raping He then yeah. said mm. he dropped Richard at the bus stop and gave Five him $20. Weeks. Oh, what? what a legend. Yeah. What a great guy. Played the harp together. <laughs> fucking That's fucking funny. Played the fucking harp for your sub Some like story, really long blonde haired woman there. <laughs> oh my God. On the 3rd of November 1983, Bevan Spencer was arrested and charged with Richard Kelvin's murder. Right. But do you know what? What? I'm leaving it there. Ooh. <gasps> Good work, hey. I like that one. No. I like that one. Hey, just on the drug subject, given how high up this shit goes. Very, very often the people in control will use drugs to the low lives to get them to do their bidding. Yeah. yeah. So I'd say the, the people that are committing these, like the, the actual murders and all the, the druggies that we're hearing about now aren't the bigwigs. They're the cunts that are just getting forced into doing shit basically. Yeah. Being used. Food. And now they're the ones ringing mm. the police and tipping yeah. them off yeah. and giving them... Yeah, it's not usually a bunch of uh, druggies, like a whole bunch of druggies that are getting away with stuff yeah. like this no, in an organised the way. They're the lackeys. Yeah. It's usually Yeah, if you're a big wig, if you're a fucking judge and you've got like some sick sadistic fucking crime like thing and you've just raped and murdered and tortured a young boy, you're not getting rid of the body yourself. No, you're you're ringing up your no. little bitches and being like, I'll give you a, ca- a fucking ounce of coke to go dismember and get rid of this body. And the thing with drug addicts is that, you know, they're they're going to come back to where they can get their high. Yeah. 
and you'll give them and fucking beat. You, you're rich, sure cunt, so it's nothing to give them a good amount. Mm. So you'd be you'd be filling them up and getting them to do all your biddings while yeah, you I mean, continue buying, to do what yeah, you want. You'd go get them. them to kidnap them. You'd get them to dispose of it. You'd just stay in your little fucking office and you'd never be linked to it. And yeah. They're very easy to control. Mm. Mm. Absolutely. And they're committing crimes. Yeah. So, it, yeah, you've got them. Yeah, so that's what my... And hope. the drugs help them to forget what they've... Yeah, what's doing. happened, yeah. yeah. And fry their mind so much that it comes to a point. Like if they're using heroin and meth and shit, like yeah. it gets to a point where you, you like don't, I don't have, have anything against people who are junkies, but we all know what happens to your mind when you yeah. become you, that yeah. and you're not you anymore more. and you mm. will follow that drug be, wherever yeah. it goes. Yeah. yeah, you can use that. You can use that. Yeah, yeah they're taking advantage of these people. I don't think there's many junkies that actually end up being like that, you know, like dismembering and fucking. I don't think like that's brutal shit. Junkie crime is theft, and you know, yeah, junkie crime can be horrific. Yeah, but but it's it's not usually pretty spontaneous. But but yeah, it'll be like a stabbing twenty times, fucking stabbing. Like you might might plan a home invasion or something like that, but you're not necessarily going to plan what you do. They're the lackeys in this. I can almost guarantee you they. Yeah. yeah, you're not going to be yeah. planning how you home invade, what you're going to do to them, what you're going to do with their body, how you're going to clean it up yeah. afterwards. You just know there's the money, I'm going to go get that. Yeah. Oh, there's the drugs, I'm going to get that. Cool story, Kate. It's a good one. And no researching like between now and no, then. No, 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 no. I worry. I'll keep it. Nice surprise. Good shit. That's annoying. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a f- it's fucked up. Yeah. So are you doing the next one as well or are we going to leave people yeah, waiting no, a while? No, okay, no, no. Yeah. She's doing the next one. Yeah. Cool. All right. Oh, that's good. <laughs> I feel we can't leave them waiting. Yeah, yeah no. no I, I want to know what the fuck's happening three. too. But that's yeah. all right. That just gives me an extra that two you an weeks extra. to get, oh, it, that's cool. get it together because I have no idea what I'm doing next. I was going to do this in one episode and then I was like, oh, nah, because I felt like I would have just left. Yeah. Well, it's, no, do it it's already been over an hour. So probably two parts. Yeah, definitely. No, that was good. We weren't very funny though, but it's too serious to be yeah, funny. Yeah, it was definitely too serious. I'm yeah. too interested in the fact that it's like it's where we live. Yeah. <laughs> and I've been to all these places and I've heard of all these places. <laughs> yeah. And, and this fucked up shit. Like, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, well I thought Snowtown was like one of the worst. Nope. This yeah, is bad. Snowtown's this pretty is, bad. This is worse though. This seems to be linked to like this the whole is worse. lot. The whole But people have been arrested for Snowtown. Case closed. Yeah. They're done. Yeah. See you later. Four this out of these five scarier. murders are still unsolved. Yeah, that's definitely just the tip this of the is, iceberg. This those is murders. scarier because like... We should do an ongoing series on this shit. Like, we should. There's well, so yeah, many stories around the family. Beaumont children and all that stuff. It's yeah, one that's that come well. to light. Can you imagine yeah. how many people are out there in power doing the same shit yeah. and still getting away with yeah. it to this oh, day right yeah. now? Thanks for listening. Yeah. Make sure you come back. Yeah. Oi, come on, we were tame, but that was horrific. That was horrific. Thanks, Kate. Made no me look worries. good. And welcome nah. to our new listeners and followers. Yeah, hello. Cheers for joining us. Oh, I, I got to write music for another. Actually, I'll give them a little shout out. What the fuck? They Wicked Wives. <laughs> Wicked Wives. They asked me to write their music for their podcast, Ooh, so I did that. Awesome. So go check that out. Well done. Wicked yeah. Wives. What do they? What is? Their it's true podcast? crime. Yeah. So I'm not sure exactly if it's just all true crime. The but episode you listened I listened to them. To. You said it was I listened good. to one episode. It was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. It's like morbid and that stuff. Yeah. So just like, yeah, a true crime yeah. podcast. Yeah, yeah. And it's got a cool intro song, so listen to that. <laughs> I'm going to have to get on to that. was that? Wicked Wives? Yeah. That's a cool name. Yeah. All right. And buy our shirts. <laughs> yes. Buy them. Come on, man. Like my whole wardrobe is taken up with these fucking shirts. <laughs> like the whole thing. <laughs> Like even my kids' drawers have all these Team Fuck T-shirts in them. Kids right, are like, like, what do I wear I'm, today? I'm putting my son in Team <laughs> Fuck nappies, all right? Like, come Our on. boot is just filled. <laughs> uh, and, yep, the socials, we're uh, – oh, we changed our name on Facebook because we keep oh, getting yes. blocked every time we try and promote the fucking thing. So it's just histories of the – like, it's pretty shit. But, hey, that'll do. Well, that's the same as our email. That's yeah. our email yeah. that we histories never checked. Of the yeah, yeah. Gmail. I check yeah. it. I checked it yeah. the other day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we're Nothing. still contemplating crickets. murder off track. Insert crickets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do I have crickets now? <laughs> no, no boo. That's all right. Yeah. We like us. <laughs> <laughs> all right. My all right. mum likes my show. No, she doesn't. No, she she doesn't, fucking hate she it. She'd be it. She'd she be hate it. My mum does not know this exists. My mum keeps pissing me off. I'm going to play it to her. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you should do that. I think you've said a few. 
No, you haven't. No, you've been pretty good. Pretty nice to my mummy. She's been paying the ass that she is. We love you. Yeah. Get off our back. And under a month till Christmas. Yeah. Merry fucking probably like a couple of days till Christmas. Oh, by the time this comes out. Merry Christmas, happy. See you guys. Bye.